Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking delics? How are you? Good. Not, now I'm answering myself. It's Mark Marin. Welcome. Welcome to the show. This is WTF. Uh, it's my show. You're listening to me, Mark Marin. Did I mention that already? Well, look, folks, it's a pretty amazing episode today, I gotta say. It moved me when I recorded it. And it, uh, it, it moved me again when I just listened to the song at the end of this episode. I, Melissa Etheridge is somebody we all know. We all know Melissa Etheridge. Everybody knows Melissa Etheridge. There was a, there was a couple years there where everyone, everything was Melissa Etheridge. And then you wonder, like, what's Melissa Etheridge been up to? And then someone gets in touch me, with me and says, hey, would you like to have Melissa Etheridge on the show? And I say, yeah. I'd like to know what Melissa Etheridge has been up to, and I'd like to hear her whole, her whole story, because I don't know that much about Melissa Etheridge. I, I, she's got a new record out. That's why she wants to come on the show, and I'm like, okay, it's not really about the record, but it's about her, but the, this new record, it's called uh, This Is M.E., and it came out in the fall, and you can get it wherever you get music. Uh, and uh, But I said, she, I said, yeah, let's, let's go. Let's talk to Melissa Etheridge, and I got to tell you, man, this conversation was pretty astounding and pretty emotional and, and like it was very engaging. She came with her, her wife, Linda, lovely people, and she sat in here. They, I let Linda sit in here, and I don't usually do that, but they were so goddamn cute together. I, uh, I, had, to, I had to let it happen, and it turned out to be a, a, a great conversation, very moving, very deep, very informative, but just you know uplifting and heartwarming, and, and I just listened to the song that she plays at the end of this show, that you will hear, this is happening for you. I believe it's called Take My Number. And um, I, cr- I cried a little, and I cried a little when she played it. It's just there was something, there's something very earnest and, uh, and, and, and sweet and wise about Melissa Etheridge. I, I'm going to say that confidently and earnestly because I was completely uh, uh, blown away by this whole experience that you're about to hear. I just wanted to tell you that up front. I think it's important that you know how I feel sometimes. Usually you can tell during the show, I imagine. But I, you know, for me to cry twice listening to a song, well, that's not true. I've been a little weepy. 
since I've been without the nicotine, a little bit weepy. What's going on here? It's the Christmas season. I've got what I got mail waiting here. When is this from? Oh, this is weird. <laughs> Some guy from Detroit. I don't even know. This was just sitting here, and it's been sitting here for months. I've always considered you a badass, but I've revoked your membership on account of having never been to Detroit. One, Detroit is definitely badass. One cannot be a badass having never been here. Two, thinking Detroit is dead or dying is definitively unbadass. It's akin to having a gluten allergy. You assume it's true because the mainstream media told you it's true, but it's total bullshit. Come visit and I'll play tour guide. If you survive the mean streets, I'll return your badass card. Also, I'm super interesting. It would make for an extraordinary badass guest star. How could you resist? Always and forever, Timothy. I was just sitting here. I meant to read it because I liked it. I do have to go to Detroit. I do have to experience Detroit. I guess I was chatting about Detroit a while back. But that was just sitting here, so I thought I'd read it. I'm, I'm, it's uh, the New Year's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of old business on my desk. Is that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? So I didn't do anything. I did, I did nothing for the holiday. I'm a Jew. And uh, I'm a Jew through and through. I'm a Jew going back generations. I did nothing. I didn't even know what day Hanukkah started. And you know what else? You know, I've got to reassess who I am or something. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I was only invited to one, one, uh, one party, one Christmas party. And then at the last minute, I was invited to drinks at uh, a friend, I, uh, Al Madrigal, a wonderful comic. And his wife, Kristen, invite me every year to their thing. And I love that. I, I like going. I, I love them. And I see some friends there. And then Brendan Small invited me a few days ago to cocktails at his house. I believe that's tonight. I don't know if I'm going to make that. But only two parties. Now, you guys hear me every week. You hear me talk. I, it feels like I have friends, right? When I talk to these people, it feels like we get close. We connect. Two invitations. What What is it about me? Are people... Afraid that I'm going to talk to them like I talk to them on the podcast at their party? Am I, am I draining? Um, am I not somebody that people think like, hey, he'd be fun to have here? What, where, are my, where are my party invitations? I don't get it. I feel like I've made a lot of progress as a human being. I just want to come to your party. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ granted i didn't know what day hanukkah started doesn't matter i'm a guy living alone with two cats and no one thinks like maybe it'd be nice to have mark over for supper since we're having people i'm not feeling sorry for myself i just wonder what the fundamental glitch is where i don't seem like a good idea to have at your event at your get together friends it's, it just, I guess it plays into my whole sort of insecurity about that. Like, you know, everybody who comes in here, especially people I, I kind of know or people that know people I know or people that I respect, I feel strangely close to everybody. It's not based on anything. It's just the way I am. And I think they like me too. And I think we get along good. And I think we have nice conversation. And I think it would be a nice thing to say, you want to come to the party? But maybe people just think of me as some sort of, uh, you know, like, oh, he's that guy I did that show. I did a show. I liked it. Yeah. Just that guy in that show. Maybe this is the angle. Maybe no one had parties this year. Maybe there were no parties. Uh, maybe no one I know had a party this year. It's very distressing in a way. 
I don't even know if I go to the party, but I want to feel like I have friends, but I don't know if I really have friends. I think I, you know, I talk to a lot of people here. I've got like two or three friends, but I don't, I don't hang out with them. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe I'm not social enough. Anyways, everything's fine. Uh, I've got to write a script over vacation. I guess it's a, officially vacation. I'm doing a, a script for uh, my show, Marin. All the writing is going very well. It's all a very exciting, collaborative experience. The stories are, are all fun. Looking forward to shooting my third season in January. That's all going well. Uh, didn't buy gifts for anybody. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not. Maybe if I sent cards or thank you notes or did those things that people do that you're supposed to do. And I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, Christmas cards, a few. That was very nice. The Richters sent me a Christmas card. Greg Fitzsimmons sent me a Christmas card. The Madrigal sent me a Christmas card. Carol Leifer sent me a Christmas card. So, you know, people are thinking of me. So I have a little stack of pictures of people's kids. Just a little reminder, a little yearly reminder of the, the path that I did not take. There's both gratitude and sadness in that path that I have taken. But it is what it is. Come on! Look, you know, I, I wanted this to be uplifting. I want you to have a good holiday. I hope you get what you wanted. I hope your presents are exciting because no matter what anyone says, presents are fucking great. Presents make it worthwhile. Don't ever say like, I don't need presents. You want presents. Nothing better than opening a box and wondering like, what is this? Is this going to be something that's going to make my life really happy for a few minutes? Or is it going to be a, just a misfire? Nothing worse than unwrapping a misfire. That's very sad, especially if it's from somebody that you're intimate with. The intimate misfire is uh, it's a harbinger, my friends. That's a hell of a sentence. That's right. You buy one bad shirt, one bad sweater, one bad book. If you just missed the mark a bit, maybe you can buy a couple presents, cover your ass, cover your ass. So if the misfire happens, at least there's something there. That is undeniably on the mark. That's my Christmas advice. Also, be charitable. Be giving. Spread a little love to people that you hate. Try that. I'm not good at that, but I'm working on it. I saw Foxcatcher. That's the fucking movie of the year. Gotta be honest with you. The tone was held perfectly. The cinematography was stunning. The direction, stylized and perfect. The performances on every level disturbing deep jarring the story sparse but perfect great movie dark movie deep movie based on true story not going to ruin anything i'm not even going to say what it's about I'm not going to spoil shit i'm going to tell you that foxcatcher is a beautifully realized piece of uh movie art the whole thing enjoy enjoy that and right now, I want you to be ready to be uplifted, because God knows my intro didn't do it. Well, I'm a little nostalgic, you guys, a little nostalgic. We're going to talk to Melissa Etheridge now. The first voice you will hear, I do address her, her wife, Linda, and then you'll hear uh, me and Melissa, and with occasional uh, cackling and laughing in the background that might be uh, Linda. But uh, here's Melissa Etheridge and myself having a, an amazing conversation. 
Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Nice to see you both. <laughs> you're you're a TV right? What's your whole name? Linda Wallum. You're rich now. Married. Married. God. Can we say again? Is that? Well, you know, I was never <laughs> legally married All right. before. This is my first legal normal. marriage. Look, I've been through two. Yeah. But I got, I got no kids. I don't know how that happened. I, I must be a real asshole. I have four kids, <laughs> I and I don't know how that happened. You, you so. do know how it happened. There's <laughs> four kids that I know of, right? You know. Yes, I was sort of obsessed with the back in the day. I was sort of obsessed with the idea of you uh, using David Crosby's sperm. I thought there was a genius to it, but I also thought that was a risk. It was a roll of the yes, dice. Yes, yes. But it had to do with what I believed in at the time. Did I believe that we are just, that, that we're so uh, predestined by our genes right. that that if I, if I use the sperm of a, of a drug addict... You know, but also a drug addict with one of the best voices in the world. In the world. In the, the world. The, and you know what? Like, I knew that. I knew that must be what you're thinking. Is it? Well, yeah, the best voice in the world. And if you knew him personally, yeah. ask anyone who knows him. Yeah. He is one of the most amazing right. human beings you'll meet. Right. And his wife, Jan, was just so uh-huh. gracious. And it was perfect because anyone else I was looking at at the yeah. time, you know, <laughs> Brad Pitt, right? Brad. You know, I'm looking at Brad Pitt. It's like, okay, I, I need to think in the future. Right. Is, is this... Will this and Brad Pitt wanted kids really bad? Did you actually reach out to Brad Pitt for the for the sperm? I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, oh. The, this was the con. The but, dream, but the, the, yeah, yeah, but these are guys that right. were actually sure. sure. You know, and, and we would joke about it, you know, late at night. But it, but but it also wasn't. takes a certain type of guy to know that that the that, that the child's going to be out there. And I, I imagine that's exactly did. it. Right. That's when I, and that's what I needed. I didn't want a father right. for the. I, right. I, I wanted the parts that I needed that I right. didn't have yeah I get you know it. yeah and so this this is what fit perfectly and I knew when the world and I wasn't going to tell the world who the I was like that's none of their business until it was the only time I was ever chased and things were it, and it was you know who is the father who's and I said oh my god my kids are now they're going to be at school and someone's going to who's your daddy you right know, right to yeah, them. yeah and so I said that's why I finally said no look this is this is who the father is uh-huh. Just go go away and let them grow up now uh-huh and they did right yes and they know that he is their biological father uh-huh. they know that they're both biologically fathered by David, by David Crosby yeah, oh, yeah they're both full brothers and sisters uh-huh and they're beautiful <laughs> 
No, they they truly I, are. No, I'm going to show you a picture because it's radio. It. Yeah, I was sort of. There's the two the two oldest ones. They're the look at them. Oh my god! Yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, got the good parts of David. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, the, is there? Well, what did you learn genetically? Anything? I, you know, no, nothing. I'm still confused. No, there's no there's no uh, angelic voices coming out yet. Oh well, yeah, drug problems. But, well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> there's there they are. Right, but, right. But is that is that because I'm raising a child in Southern California? Right. You know, or is that sure. is that me? Yeah. You know, is yeah. it? You know, what is it? Now, now, does does have they met David, or how does oh. that work? Oh yeah, oh, they yeah. knew him. They because it was important because my other ex mm-hmm. um julie she, yeah the second I ex? yeah, the, yeah well the first ex the f- okay that's not how you look at it right the first ex she <laughs> had been adopted and so it was really it was very important that they knew actually where they came from biologically that's right. one of the reasons we picked someone that you would know right my brother's got three adopted kids and they, yeah. met, they know all the parents yeah because it's like you you don't want that oh who's my that right weird the, dream the weird kids. search yes exactly you want to send them out into the world right, to go find, find someone in a trailer park yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so I knew. Yeah, so we right. introduced them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and always called them. This is your bio dad. This right. is your. You, you, when someone says, "You know, do you have your father?" Yeah, I have a father, and this is. That's interesting. And they have yeah. a relationship with him. Yeah, or not? yeah, oh, they and and they have a half brother, Django, yeah. and right. you know they see them and like they they're like uncles, like. Oh, aunts that's and wild. Uncle, yeah, that you would go see. Well, that's uh, that's nice that there's that 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 honesty to it. And that's because it has to be. Otherwise, it's drama I, and it's weird. Well, that's a good way. To, that's a good line to draw. Actually, that the the, the difference, the the alternative <laughs> yes. to honesty is, is drama. drama. <laughs> exactly. I gotta I gotta act a little more. Uh, I, I gotta be a little more honest. I think. There you go. I'm gonna be a little because less dramatic. You don't want it. it Honesty kills drama. It is like I know, but sometimes drama is, you know. Well, that's where we got our best work, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I made a living off of drama. Listen, I'm the I, only one. Jesus. Yeah, uh, no, I well, I, look. I listened to the new record, and I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to get into, and you know, I put it on. I got it this morning, and oh, I'm this like, morning? well, yeah, well, because when we both we this, give it, you lots of time to. Well, it wasn't done when oh, yeah, I think we okay. were were originally yeah, talking, and I'm like, oh, I need to hear it. So I just sat down. And it's all fresh in my mind, and I'm like, holy shit, she's gunning for it. <laughs> she's not. She's not oh, fucking that's around. Right. Why? Why should I? No, I don't think you should. Right. If you still got the goods, fuck it. Right. I, I can sing like. Oh, you said and fuck, you can, so I can say fuck. Of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can sing like fuck. You can sing like I fuck. I can play and, the guitar like crazy. And there's all that. There's that edge to it where it's a little bit menacing sexually <laughs> yes. and like. Do you know? I'm, I'm oh. thinking about these troubled women in these diners that you're walking up to. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Melissa's a predator out there. What are you doing, girl? <laughs> Do you know what? I just got the best news. I've been banned in Barnes and Noble. Already? Already? Not really banned, but they they're gonna play my. They want to play my. You know, we got, got to deal with them where they'll they play the CD in the, yeah, in the store, right. but they won't play one song well, off the well, album. Let me see which one. Let me guess. Uh, could Ain't be all that of bad? them. No, no, you would think it would be that. No. Maybe. Which no. one? No. All the Way Home. It's just the horny song that I wrote. That oh, they yeah, just oh because you got fire and you're down there. Yeah, I know. it Down there, right. Yeah. I got f- fire down below. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bob Seger wrote yeah, that in the sure. 70s. Bob Seger, that's interesting you bring yeah. him up. Because like, if I think about it, I never even thought about it. You just said that. But there's a similarity. 
Oh, I love Bob Seger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, come on. I, I grew up with Main Street. Night Moves Night was the moves. biggest thing in the world. Do you remember the first time you heard it? It yeah. was like epic. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah. song is about six you minutes long. You want to cry. Long. Yes. You're, you're usually in junior high. And you're like, oh my God. Working on the night yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if it was at oh, night and you were driving oh. by yourself, you're just oh. like, oh yeah, man. And he thinks back, you yeah, know, yeah. past the woodshed. and wood like oh. Aerosmith and shit. Oh, walk this way. Well, I was listening, yeah, to the first Aerosmith record with uh, Dream On and Mama Kin and all the... It's so good. Wasn't it weird when they were so, like, big in the 70s and then they got... Like drugs, and then they came back. In well, the they 90s. got they got overproduced, and then they figured out what bell to hit. But those first few records, especially oh, that first record, is dirty. So man. It's really naughty. Good. That's that's the spirit of rock and roll. <laughs> it is de- naughtiness. Definitely is. That's and I wanted to. I, I feel it. I got I be rock little, and roll. Yeah, I was a little uncomfortable. And yes, it was, it made, good. It, it was good. See? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And then, but it was weird because, like, you know, I'm listening to the whole record, and then we get like all the way through. There's actually a little funky, almost rappy stuff there in the yes. middle. And then at the end, you did your sort of like, you know, uh, you're kind of like a middle age. I'm gonna look at myself song. Exactly. You're gonna throw one in. <laughs> Throw and it that's in for why the... I put it in the end. It's this like, one's yeah. for all you ladies that have been with me for 30 years. <laughs> right? But I, I'm having a lot of sex. It's not, no, I, I, isn't I, anyone I, else? No, I, I sure I am. Okay, see, yeah. so, and right. that's what I want to sing about. Well, I think that you've always been pretty straight. With, with, well, I mean, well, uh, honest, honest, wrong yes. word. With that. <laughs> Never been straight, always been honest. There you go. <laughs> and honesty keeps the drama out. So, but let's uh, let's go back because I don't I don't know a lot of, uh, about your backstory. Like, what kind of music? We just talked about Bob Seger. We just talked mm-hmm. about Aerosmith. Like, if you're sitting around or you're in the car, you know, what do you go back to when you you just want to listen to shit? Like to get in the spirit of things. Well, it depends on what the spirit is. Because I mean, it could be if. What'd you grow up with? Uh, I, my parents were the first influence of, of music, and that was. That was Mamas and Papas. They were kind of really? kind of sixties cool, right? Because we missed it. It's weird. Because uh, what you're, I'm fifty one. Oh, I'm fifty three. Right. So, but we still kind of missed the sixties. We yeah. still got it. Was sort of we got the. I was just overflow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, at yeah. the end of the sixties, where it was the Beatles were. I I kind of came into it when the Beatles. My first forty fives. Right. Were, were very much Beatles, Stones. Then then Carol King. My yeah. You know. Right. I went down the Carol King, and then I I had. In the late 60s, early 70s, I had the London Symphony Orchestra version of uh, the uh, the Who's Tommy. Oh, right, right, right. And right. that blew my mind. And I yeah. used to sit and listen to that with my headphones yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. And I had George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. And, Oof. you know, just really, you know. So you got all of the it album coming in. Rock. Oh, I yeah. love that stuff. But, just and, pure, yeah. but, and I was playing in a country western band. Well, I can hear that all over your stuff. I mean, so like, I, I had to learn to, I saw Tammy Wynette. Conway Twitty, George Jones. Lynn, George Jones, all those. So that's that's in there. And you grew up where? I grew up in Kansas. I don't need, what is what does that even mean? I know. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, a, it's like one of those places. Like I, I've been there. I mean, I, I would think I was just there actually. Where's the college? Where's the uh, KU? God. Oh no, the that's small, Lawrence. fancy Lawrence. Lawrence, that's Lawrence, Kansas. That's very close to my hometown. I was in Lawrence. Yes, that's where people go. Yeah, and I, I did some shows at a film festival there. Yes, they're very nice people. They are. And then lovely. I went to St. Louis to perform, and that's, I don't know what the hell is in Kansas. That's where I'm from. Is that that whole Kansas is? We're not the South, right? And I we're know. and we're not the East. Yeah, we're not Ohio yeah, at all. Right, and we're not like Minnesota and Chicago. My my wife's no. from Chicago. Yeah, we don't have that act. We are just hopelessly prairie, bland, white bread mayonnaise. 
Well, yeah, you, it sort of defines it. I mean, yeah. that's it's sort of a punchline. I mean, Kansas is sort of like where Kansas. It's the Wizard of Oz. I know, but but also is a, in, incredibly conservative, incredibly sort of rooted in the the worst parts of uh, the Christian idea. Well, as you would think, yet mm. it that majority mm-hmm. is very thin. Yes, they are now a red state. Right. Yes, yes, they are conservative. Right. Yet. Ha- 48% yeah. is still very liberal and very uh, artful and and they I mean sure. that, that's where that's where Brown versus you know Topeka yeah. that's where that's where you know John Henry came from we're known as you get into the debate. Yes, the, we get in there. And hopefully the, the righteous will win. Exactly. But it's also where the, the first the, protests the against- The Westboro Baptist Church right. was that- And the protests, the original protests against Planned Parenthood and the abortion issue were all sort of there. Yeah, so it's a battlefield. Yeah, that's really exciting. Is. And was it that way when you grew up? Yeah, I grew up, my, my, my father was Republican, my mother was Democrat. And so it was right in the house. The debate was ongoing. Yes, active, uh, active. Yeah. in the house, and it was in the high school. You, you, you had, but we had everything. Were you brought up with religion? No. Well, that's yet, see, you got yet. The hook I was. There. Yeah, I did. Yet I, I was brought up because my parents thought you're supposed to take your kid to church. Yeah. So they did until I know, like just in case well, they're going because they, they might go. I might go to hell, and we don't want them to go to hell. Well, yeah. You know? There's that thing where it's like, well, we're not really that active, but we, why deny the kid the opportunity I, to get you know bullied by God? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean. But what I found was music. Yeah. I found the choir, so I kept going to church for the music. For the music. Yeah. And then, and and got really involved in the youth because there's you know there's all that Christian youth. I started writing Christian music in you high did? school. Absolutely. That, well, hopefully, like maybe in in five or six years, you've been trying to record that let's shit. Let's do it. You know, like, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to take that on. How you're holding your hand up? I'm ready. <laughs> I, I got the spirit within me. So you you start you wrote some uh, Jesus songs? Yes. Oh hell, we I'd like to hear the Jesus songs. I know. They're Where, really sweet. No, there's it? one called There's Love in This Place that was really it was more of a it was more of a youth, not so much a Jesus song as it was, you know. Well, they're never quite song. Jesus songs, are they? <laughs> they're like the way, like even the Jesus music now it's sort of like I get what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they say him, I know yeah. what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I get the message. But what's your what was your what'd your dad do? He was a high school teacher. Republican high school teacher of what? Of, well, he was actually hired because he was the coach. He was that guy. He's the coach <laughs> of the basketball team, and they let him teach right. something. He was almost illiterate, I believe. Right. <laughs> no, because he could That's barely spell. That's the price spell. they pay, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's small town. He must have been town. a good coach. He took them to state. Uh, he was okay. a very, very good coach. My yeah. father was very athletic. Uh-huh. Wonderful, wonderful uh-huh. man. I, he, he and I... He was the one who used to drive me around to all my gigs. Really? Yeah. So when you were in high school? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Is it? And he would sit. He's the only reason I could play at the Parents Without Partners dance right. of the Knights of Columbus, you know, right, and, right? Or the Eagles clubs, or that's he'd get you in. Yeah. And he'd sit there and he wouldn't drink. He would sit there and drink Coca Cola all night. And, uh-huh. and and then he'd load up. We'd load up the car and we'd go home. At one and you were in a band at that time. Yeah. And you were just a guitar player. Or you were singing. I was singing and guitar playing, and I uh, played keyboards. I I did everything. What was the first uh, uh, outfit you were in? What were they called? What was the Chuck was the Hammersmith way? and the Wranglers? Yeah. Yeah. Were there outfits? 
Yes. <laughs> God, has, oh, I, I wish I had a picture. There has to be outfits when oh you're God. the Wranglers. Oh, wait a minute. Do you have? The, did they give you actually the CD CD? No, they gave me a download. Oh, because there's a picture in the CD of the uh, old band uh, I was uh, in in high school, and we all had the outfits. How on. old were you? Oh, in that picture, I'm probably 14, 15. And you're playing what kind of guitar? Uh, I was playing an acoustic. I was playing my Ovation, and then I had a. Uh, did I have a Les Paul then? I think I. I think I did. Uh-huh. Let's call, uh, like, uh, just a standard? A custom. A custom, yeah. the black one? Or no, no, that's sunburst? the one I have now. It was a sunburst. It was the a, red, a reddish know. orange. Yeah, oh, it was great. Yeah. I sold it. I'm so God pissed. Damn. I know. Like she never sold guitars. I, I know. Yeah. But I, we don't know that then. No, you don't. You don't. You know, and then you got to scramble to try <laughs> to get know. it back. But, uh, all right, so, because, like, this, and on this album, there's some pretty dirty guitar playing. Is that all you, That's me. Really? That's my Les Paul custom on Ain't That Bad. Yeah. I worked with my... I, I talk to my record company. I'm like, get. I want to work with some badass dudes, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I think I can hold up mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And so they finally they were like, okay, we finally got this rock star. And rock star, he's done, you know, J Lo uh -huh. and, and Chris yeah. Brown, and he's bad. Right. He's bad. Guy, Guitar right? player, or producer. No producer. Uh -huh. He's one of these producer yeah. guys, okay. right? Yeah. So I show up, and the, the studio is completely different now than they used to be. It used to be you show up in a recording studio, and there's a big room mm -hmm. where the band is and everything, and then the control room's kind of small. Yeah. Now, the control room's huge, and there's just a little vocal booth. Yeah, because and they do everything they on the do board. everything. There's no, on the, there's no real music. So I bring my Les Paul and my amp in, and he's like, what's it? What's that? <laughs> he, He's fascinated with it they didn't even have a mic for the amp no they, they were just... like we have to go get a mic we had we had to go find one, one on so we had to show him how to mic it i go into there with rockstar yeah and i we he's oh, that's got his this name big, that's his name oh, okay he's no, no. named rockstar yes <laughs> i should have known that right yes and he's mm. got the versace gold around uh -huh. his neck and mm -hmm. he's just he's looking at me and i'm smoking with him in there he's like this is going to be a problem. Like he's like looking at me like, whoa, and I'm smoking him under the table. I can yeah, smoke yeah. more than him, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. like, whoa, and so we start writing this song, and the, the the name of the what we're smoking is called a sunny day honey stick, uh -huh. and so that that's in the song. Oh, I got a sunny day honey stick. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Because we were just, and it, yeah, 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 and we're and we're playing, and so I go in there and sing, and he's like, he's like kind of telling me now sing he, he loves that i he can act he goes you can actually sing yeah and so i'm, I'm in there singing and he comes and he get, gets in front of the the computer to, to do something after i sang and he said hey where's the auto-tune and the guy's like oh i i would never put auto-tune on her voice and he, she's singing like that without auto-tune yeah so i had a real a, stuff a, re it was real good oh what's oh. that and, oh this is a this is a really honey stick Oh, that's it. That's for you. Oh, thank you. No, that's all right. I am. Uh, you know, I have. Are you I, see, we didn't know. Oh no, it's okay. You I, look, I, I I can appreciate your it. Your brain looks like it. Oh, dude, I it's been fifteen years. I <gasps> I did my time. Okay. There's <laughs> <laughs> not a you know. I'm not. There's no judgment. It's just that if I start that, who knows where I'll be in three days. <laughs> that's the kind oh, of guy I am. Okay, then <laughs> I can. I understand it. But uh, all right, so you're in Kansas. You're playing with the Wranglers. Yes. Wearing your outfit. Your dad's yes. driving you to the Knights of Columbus Hall. Yes. You got a dream. Yes, indeed. And that, is, that is the closest anyone's ever come to telling the truth right there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and your old man's on board with it. Yes. That was just pretty good for a football coach. Yes. Do you have other siblings? Yes. How they... <laughs> uh, I've got How many? The, the sibling one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... and she lives in Arkansas. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk to her? 
No. All right, all okay. right. <laughs> so one went bad. Yes, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so anything I did was yeah, yeah. great. We got one good one. Whatever she wants to do, as exactly. long as she doesn't throw her life away. Exactly. That's exa- it, my father basically babies. said, just be happy, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, right on. So when did you do it? Like, did you, you finish high school and you went to the same school your dad taught at? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no I easy know. fry. That's... No, I I skipped one class, and he knew before the class was over that I skipped the class. Oh my god, but that is so not fair. What were you doing? <laughs> what? <laughs> she was a friend. Oh, yeah. I think we can talk openly about okay. this. <laughs> Forty years later, I don't think it's no. <laughs> that's the what, one you're going to worry any, about. Right. We just talked about David Crosby's kids, but you're afraid she's going to judge you and. Making out in a car when you were in high school during a class? That's cute. I know. Well, you okay. think she, she's been dirty all along <laughs> since 14. She, this chick was nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. <laughs> all right, so that was going on. Well, well, did your dad know about that? Um, I, I think it was... I don't, yeah, you know how they do, but they don't know, you know, yeah, they don't yeah, say yeah. anything back then. They right. The parents didn't know what to say. <laughs> right, The ones right. that, you know, it's just like, but don't bring it up, you know, don't ask, don't tell, basically. You know they know, but you get, why bother saying it? Exactly, yeah. So so basically when I came out right before I left for Los Angeles, mm-hmm. or Boston, I forget where I came out, but he, um, I said, Dad, you know, I went through this But you came out at home to, yeah. to them yeah. first. Totally. Before, oh, okay. Yeah, before leaving, because- you know, they would, I'm leaving. You should know. I'm leaving. You should know. I'm gay. Yeah. And he said, "Well, I don't understand it, but uh, as long as you're happy." I said, "Cool. Oh, that's yeah. great." And so I'm a Republican s- football coach. Indeed. Score one for that side, I guess. At least with your dad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So after you, you played in how many bands in high school? Oh my gosh, I went through the Wranglers, the Showmen, all country. Uh, well, by the time I was about a junior in high school, I was playing in kind of that pop cover band. Where I was playing Fleetwood Mac and oh, was it what, what album was Fleetwood? Was that rumors? Rumors. Or, it was yeah, rumors already. Right I, there, we're the yeah, same age, so yeah. you're doing all that shit. Yeah, so I'm doing all that. Well, you graduated high school, and then where'd you go? I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. My parents wanted to send me to college, and I said, "No, just music school, please. That's all I want to do." And that's a good one. I, I went to college in Boston. That's the that's the music school. Yeah, it's and it really is up to you whether you want to get something out of it. Because I went for just a few weeks. And that was, I really wasn't into learning. No scales for you. No, I was writing <laughs> songs. I was wooing you just girls. To play. I just wanted to play. Yeah. It's a real nerd school. Yeah. I mean, I there's just, some real, uh, real noodlers coming out yeah, of there. Yeah, and I, and I actually wish I had at least stayed a year and, and learned some, a little bit more chops. I really had to, to fight. Well, but, but you know, you like, but mm. you, the weird thing about chops, and I think that you're speaking to it now in terms of like being where you're at now and knowing that you, you, your guitar playing is in a place where you can hold up is that. I, it took me a long time to realize that rock guitar, blues guitar, it's really, it's all the same notes and it's not about how sophisticated they are. It's the feeling you can bring to them. So when you can hold up, I mean, you can hold up. I mean, you listen to Albert King. He's no, you know, it is what it is, yeah. but you know, it's singular and it's not that complicated. So it's just a matter of like, it's confidence cool. and feeling, Thank you. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's I mean, so much of it. And tone. So much tone. of it. Oh my God. What's yeah. my sound? Exactly. Yeah. So how long did you stay in Boston though? Did you start playing in a uh out there yeah i started playing in a restaurant ken's by george remember the ken's steakhouse yeah. restaurant yes yes this one was his fancy adventure in, in a, cambridge no it was uh right across from the john hancock right at copley square right oh there. yeah 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 and um i i start first i started playing 
the cocktail hour from five to nine. Just the, you on the guitar? Me on the piano, actually. It was more of like a piano lounge. Really? And then I, yeah, I'd play, yeah, I'd play Barry Manilow medleys and stuff. Oh yeah. my God. It sounds like this Come is what your, your period in hell. It, yes, like, indeed. That's exactly it. You wanted it. to be a working musician. That's, I, I actually, I had, when I got to Boston, I got a job as a security guard mm-hmm. and I was so freaking miserable that okay. I took, I know, that I took Could my- Could you make a, uh, like a, a, a less gay job <laughs> in the female security guard? No, it was, nothing interested me. I didn't know how to did do wear, anything but stand around and- Did you wear a uniform? Yeah, a uniform, yes, Different. in a hospital. Oh. It was in a, yeah, it was gnarly. Oh. Count Mass general stuff. or stuff? No, it was deaconess. Uh-huh. The deaconess- uh, Like in Brighton? Where the yeah, hell it? Was was out, it was somewhere yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know. All right, so, okay, so you're a hospital security <laughs> guard, you're yes. playing Barry Manilow songs yes. at Ken's <laughs> in Copley Square on the piano, no less. Yes. When did you lose your fucking mind? Mm, let's see. I Well, I got fired all of a sudden after playing there for From a year. A year? A year, yeah. What happened? I don't know. Mm, I think they found you. out I was gay. You think that was it? That's the only time that I really think I might have lost a job because I was gay. Took him a year. I, I know uh, that, that that to me must have uh, been an amazing display of restraint on your part somehow <laughs> that you didn't. Indeed, have, well, uh, by I listening was. to these songs, it seems like most of the waitresses should have been in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the drama. Remember I, about drama? Look, you, nothing yeah. but drama. <laughs> okay, you, you, you made your name on standing outside someone's house. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So that's where it grew. Yeah, I yeah. was, you know, you're in the closet it, except for the, you know, the couple people that you tell that you right. get to know, and then you find they're gay, and that's, you know, that's how it works when you're 18. I'm right. 18. You that's know? how old you were. Yeah. Okay, so you leave Ken's. I leave Ken's. Um, I get a job for a minute at the Copley Plaza across the street, the and hotel? then it burns down. And I, I took that as a sign. Yeah. And I went back home to Kansas. <laughs> I did. I, I was like, fuck. Yeah. And he I, went back to Kansas to get to, to regroup? Get, to make some money because I was going to go to LA because I knew that's where I was going to get signed. And right. that's where I was going to make the money. So, But did, were, at this time, were you writing songs? Yeah, I started. But I wasn't playing for them for people in public uh-huh. yet. Did, were they songs that appeared on records eventually? Or there? No, the oldest song that's on a record, on the first record, I wrote in Long Beach when I was playing in the girls' bars. Okay. Yeah, in Long yeah. Beach. So, all right, so you go back to Kansas. What do you do to make money? I, I Because now I can Be play. Oh, I okay. can No, I can play. So I go play at the Granada Royale. Oh, do you boy. remember that hotel? No, how am I going to? It used to be the- in Kansas? No, no, it was a chain. It was like an embassy suites. Okay. And it was the and there was a lounge there called the La Veranda Lounge. Uh-huh. And so I went in there and played on the piano because I could do it. And I got, okay, I opened first because that's the gig you get first. I did the happy hour from five to nine, whatever. test gig. And I opened for, I swear to God, Rhett and Scarlet. That was their name. Were they an act? Yes. They were a Gone with the Wind act? No, no, they were like a club act, you know, that they would sing the songs. Sure. And then eventually I got the job. I I got their job. They wanted something more modern. Maybe so. So, so I I did that. I and I made money. I lived in Kansas City. I had a little uh, apartment. I went to the clubs there. I got to know a lot of people. And then I left for she Los was a Angeles. <laughs> she got around. Oh. You know, are you taking all this in. <laughs> Do you have any questions now that she's here? <laughs> I just keep checking. There's just four kids, right? There's, there's only four. that I know of. There's only four. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, there you go. So, you're you're a professional musician and a professional lesbian by the time you get to L.A. Yes. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Okay. 
<laughs> you got everything. You can handle a guitar. Yes. And you can handle that other thing. Yes. Got it well in hand. And I have an aunt who lives in Silver Lake. Right actually, here. Actually, right here. Yeah. On Dahlia Street, mm-hmm. she lived. And so I said, I'm coming out and I'm going to sleep on your couch. Of course, my sister had just been out there and wreaked all sorts of havoc. So they were not looking forward. The problem. I know. Right. Everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went out there and um, I slept on her couch. And, and and the funny thing, I found out that there's a lot of people trying to make it in the music business in Los really? Angeles. You found that out, huh? Yeah. Was, what year is this? This 19- is 1982. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and, what's happening in music then? Oh. What's it's around all here? Guns and poison hair. Oh, so that was the, that was Spandex. hair metal at the at the peak of hair the, metal. The, as it's growing. No, as it's growing. Oh, it with, peaked okay. like in like eighty four. Right. These were the bands that were just starting. The Roxy and the Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was right before they all hit super. So like big. the Fleetwood Mac thing was drifting. Yeah. So that whole I got here thinking that I'd see Jackson Brown and the that, Eagles. That's and just and that they've been killed. Gone. They're yes. killed. It's, Annihilated yes, they're, they're, by hair and guitars. Yes, and it's all spending. Go back up to Topanga, you pussies. Indeed. There's no where for me to play right. and even if I got a gig you pay to play you don't make any money mm-hmm. in this town and I quickly was running out of money and I hocked my typewriter yeah because I, I didn't hock my guitar yet where were you so you're staying at your I'm aunt living in Silver Lake I'm looking around I'm what, looking in the calendar section trying what are you to looking gigs. to play though at that time are you looking to I'm look. I didn't know how. How do you do it? You get out here. Oh, it's so what you, you do. I didn't. But know you what had to your do. songs. But you, what was the dream though? You were. I like, had a demo. I'd made a demo of my four uh, original songs. With a band. Uh, no, you? it was just me. Really? Me and and you know I so played because I played the singer songwriter yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have my demo, and so I st- you you start sending it out to record companies. They right. get a billion of these, right? right? You know, and I'm I'm not, right. and I'm looking for management. I'm right. looking for whatever, and and so I I I got the calendar section out. Yeah. And I just went to where live music, and I just circ- and I called all these places. You know, can I audition? Can I audition? Can I audition? Right. And I finally I called a place. It was called the Candy Store. Yeah. And it was on a Sunset. It's it was the Coconut Teaser later. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that place right there I, on Crescent. Heights yeah, right. Boom. It's right there. Yeah. But it, but in 1982, it was called the Candy Store. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I went down during the day, and uh, auditioned played a couple songs, and she says, you know what? We have this little cabaret. There's the dance part mm-hmm. of the club. But we have this little cabaret that we have live music, and we don't pay anything, but you can come play a 20-minute set. I said, I'm here. Yeah. So this is my first gig in L.A. Yeah. And I go home, and I show up that night, and it's an all-black nightclub. <laughs> it's, and not, but not only is it an all-black all nightclub, it is the all-black nightclub. Right. Marvin Gaye is in there. Really? Uh, I, I meet Stevie Wonder. Get out. The basketball players, you know, yeah, yeah. Abdul Jabbar. Sure. There, It's the hot black. All-black guys, blind black guys, yes. coked up black guys. <laughs> all of them, they're yeah. all in there. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. But I quickly changed my set list and, and did, you know, some... I was a huge hit. I was a huge hit. You did it. Yeah, it was great. I I would play there like once a a week for twenty minutes, Uh and one time I got the door, which was I think it was about fifty bucks. I was like, but in the meantime, I had met a girl and gone down to Long Beach, where I was in a club that there was a piano in the corner. I said, hey, do you have live music? They said, no, but do you want to come play? I started playing. They they made a position where I would play from five to nine before the disco, and that's when I started playing in the girls' nightclubs in so the, Long Beach. So there was, you say that like there were many. Was there a whole circuit of girls' nightclubs? <laughs> um, well, 
there, well, there was well, a circuit. Yeah, maybe there, there was about four or five in the, and I'm talking Long Beach, Pomona, uh-huh. uh, pa- Pasadena. I ended up playing in Pasadena. Right here. Yeah. Out. Um, Were these secret girl bars? Secret. I mean, it's the 80s. We're not advertising. Right. You know, but it's word of mouth is how it gets right. around. Yeah. So, and. <laughs> what? That's just I, the, the unfortunate <laughs> use of words. Looking back at her wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> word of mouth. <laughs> Made her self-conscious, just to <laughs> illustrate what's happening here. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's all going to work out. It is. It's, it's, it's good for everybody. That's what my mom says. She's, yeah, it all yeah. turned out. It's this is right. like one-sided couples counseling right now. <laughs> you guys are going to have the other discussion in the car afterwards. Oh, oh, no, we're going to have a great time. No, you have no idea. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. You, you have any questions? Any this other works. questions, Linda? Um, I'm good so far. Okay. Yeah. I love where you're going. <laughs> All right, so now you're like this uh, strange kind of uh, rock folk yes. uh, cabaret singer at, at lesbian bars. Yes, in, in Long Beach, Pomona, and Pasadena. Yes, that's a that's a niche market. <laughs> but they're paying me money. I get Nobody it. else I is making it. money okay. in this town yeah. singing music. Right. Yes, it is a bit of a niche market. <laughs> so I'm sure they all and, knew you and they were they excited. Oh, yes. I mean, I would have doing 20, 30 people. Oh, yeah. Big, that's yes, a big crowd. It was. Yeah. You know, when you're, you've been alone in a club when yeah. there's one person, there's the, yeah, the guy horrible. at the door and the, yeah, yeah, at the yeah. bar. There's three people. Yes. <laughs> not talking to each <laughs> other. It's awful. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, so what happened was the, the one bar in Pasadena, mm-hmm. uh, some, I would play on Sunday nights and, these girls would come in after their soccer game and of course of course so they would play soccer and then softball season yeah, they'd exactly. come back. <laughs> no it's perfect no it's absolutely there's no the field truth. hockey out here so <laughs> so i guess you have to be in boston for the field hockey players, yes no but. that's it yeah so this was just the the soccer girls mm-hmm. and they one of their i think she was the coach but she was a straight woman. Mm-hmm. She was straight, and she was married to somebody in the music business. Right. right? That's the sure. so, so. It's a soccer team coach married to somebody in the music. The questionable business. straight woman <laughs> right, exactly. married to the the guy in the music business that doesn't know she's at the club. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, no, yeah. they brought her down, yeah. and she eventually brought him down. He became he was my manager for thirty years. Really? Yeah. I just recently changed management last year, but he was the guy. He had managed bread. And I mean, he was they like were legitimate. Yeah, he was legitimate in the business. Yeah, you, people... I remember Bread's greatest hits was a, a popular eight track in the station wagon when I was yes. a kid. Yes, very guitar, guitar man was a guitar. Yes. baby. I'm a want yes, you guitar baby, man. I'm a want you. Uh, I don't remember the other no. ones. But those are the big I two. I found a diary underneath. Oh, yeah. so he had a billion hits. He had a billion. Yeah. If if a picture paints a oh, is that theirs words. too? Oh my God, that's theirs. Yes, that guy. That guy. Yeah, but that so shit was over. That was she was done, <laughs> and he had you know he had left to go you know work up and now so he was a manager in Pasadena trying to. And well, he, he was inbred, or he no 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 he just managed. Him. Him. Okay, no, yeah. no 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 the the so he made a fortune. That he, guy. Yeah, he made a fortune, but but didn't get part of the publishing. But anyway, oh yeah, so because he was just manager, and now right. they weren't working, so he wasn't making any. Oh, the publishing's where it's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then he doesn't want to come see me. Doesn't want to come see me. Uh-huh. Finally, his wife's like, "No, you got to come down and see her." He came to see me. Sign me right there. He starts instead of taking me out of the clubs because I was already had it, had my little niche market going, yeah. making some money. He starts bringing record company executives to the gay clubs to see me. <laughs> so for five years, smart, <laughs> smart, but it takes five years 
everyone in town saw me. Everybody, you know, again and again. again, over and over and over. And I would get all the way up to you know the top of Warner Brothers or the or Virgin Records or EMI, all of them. With what though? A&M. With what? What exactly? I uh, see. I, they they heard uh, they heard like the way I do. Yeah, that I was doing that. Uh, but they had a picture of you. They yeah, had to figure this out is nineteen eighty three. Yeah, how how are we going to band I, behind her? It, what do we? And gonna this, do with is this is nineteen eighty three to four right. when it's hard sell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not it's not easy, and they don't hear the you know the hit songs, and right. this is you know, right. And and at that point, I imagine A and R they're Debbie starting to, and, yeah. to lose their vision. You, you know what I mean? Like I, I think yeah. it, like it was one of those periods where you know no one knew how to pick a hit because a lot of people were out of whack with what was happening. Totally. Right. Totally. 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 So it, so five years. So it takes a long time until finally, a guy who was a producer who knew blah 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 brings. Chris Blackwell of Island Records down. Now, right. Chris Blackwell is the, he's English dude, made all his money in Jamaica, brought Bob Marley to the world, right. U2, right. Robert Palmer, right. really cool independent right. record label. Right. He walks in, he hears four songs and, and goes, why aren't you signed yet? I, I want you to, he was like, what's wrong with everybody? This is obvious. Mm-hmm. And signed me right there. You know, made the first record because he was outside the box. Yeah, already totally. just by the nature of the, he was doing more roots music, world music, and yeah. like he knew he had a marketing uh, machine in place for Un- stuff that was un, you know yeah. not unusual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the deal. That was it. Boom. And, and they, first record. And then you know they put you with a band. Oh, you run it okay. Well, well, he kind of signs me and then runs away because that's what he does. He goes away, and I'm like, here I am. Call so and so. Yeah, and so now I've got to make my first record. Well, I don't have a band, so I, I've I'd done a few demos and knew a few musicians. So I called him up and said, hey, let's get together and make this record. And uh, my manager puts me with this producer that he knows from Northern California named uh, Jim Gaines. He had done uh, like Steve Miller Band mm-hmm. and. A little bit of journey, a little bit of so big. Those were big. Those were big then, yeah. So I make this album. I go up there and make this album with big him. Big production though, huh? But it's a big production, and it's all the big production. And he put my little voice on top, mm. and so I made this whole record. And I came and I played it for Chris Blackwell. And he goes, "Well, Melissa, I really have to tell you, I I really hate this record." Mm. I was like, "Oh, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Done. My career's over." And and he just didn't know what to do. And my the guys I'd been working with, my musicians, they they called me and said, "Look, we've been to the bar. We see what you can do. That's what Chris Blackwell wants." In the meantime, I had taken uh, pictures for the album cover, and if yeah. you know that of the first album, that uh, the the photo of me in the yeah. leather jacket, kind of yeah. jumping up, he actually ha- had that photo blown up, sent to the studio, oh, yeah. put on the thing. He said, "Make this record." Yeah. He said, make the record that fits this photo. Right. And so we, he gave us four days. Yeah. So I made that whole first record. Based on? On that, yes, yeah, on yeah. that picture and and four days. <laughs> yeah. But but that was just sort of like being supported by these dudes that understood what yeah. you what you could do. They knew it was And just alive. kept it straight. Uh, that's that's what it was, it, yeah. The, who you are. Yeah, yeah. Not straight. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah. And like, so, and, and that got a lot of attention, the first record. Mm-hmm. It, made, it I mean, charted. You know, underground, it was, right. yeah, it, it, I didn't have a big, you know, hit. hit. It was Bring Me Some Water, you know. Right. It was the first that people who were really into music. Right. It was these great radio stations back then. There was a great radio station here in L.A. Yeah. Um, that went away a couple years later, but it was, there was just a, it was a really kind of a, Tracy Chapman came out at the same time. It was a, it was a kind of a renaissance in music. So, all right, so now you're on the radar. 
Yes. You're a real deal. Yeah. I'm and now you got to deliver the goods. Yeah. So the second album, same same situation. Same. Yes. Yeah, same band. Yeah. Same. Uh, same guys. I had written the songs. I, I I was making the second album when I was nominated for a Grammy for the first in the rock female category. And and at that time though, like you were sort of a singular voice. And you still are, really, for for female rock. I mean, there was, a, you know, there that, in my mind at that time, there had not been someone with that much, you know, uh, earnestness and and balls, for be- lack of a better yeah. word, and swagger. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than than you. So th- I'm sure there are a lot of people going like, "What the fuck? Who's this chick with the guitar?" Yeah. I mean, there was some punk rock stuff going on. Yeah, but, but, but it was very was, different. I didn't fit like, in any of those categories. Right, this is more like American kind of, you know, respecting yeah. the roots. You know what I mean? Like, like Bruce Springsteen was, you know, my guy. Right. It was always what would Bruce do? Yeah. To the whole thing. Yeah. And what would he do generally? Exactly. Well, it's like you know, where's Clarence? Yeah, right. It's funny. I almost I wanted a saxophone player, and mm-hmm. I went, "That's too much." I Gang. can't. <laughs> then then I'm just there's a girl. Yeah. Were you meeting these guys at this time? Like after your first record? Oh, were there... After my first record, I did meet Bruce Springsteen. And the first time I met him was at Dan Tana's, you know? Sure. Da- right? Yeah. I'm sitting at the bar waiting for a table, I hope. A woman. Reminds of Trouble Some girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, waiting anyway, for some. I'm sitting at the bar. And I look across yeah. to the door, and Bruce Springsteen has walked in, and he's picking up his to-go order. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I, I'm sitting there, and he looks across and recognizes me. Mm-hmm. That was- Get out. My brain exploded. Oh, yeah. What and he, he looked at me, and he said, and he waved and smiled, hey! And he kind of motioned me to come over. I was like, fuck! Yeah, yeah. And so I go over there. He's like, "How you doing? I'm just getting some chow. I'm gonna take take it back to the shack." You know, yeah, yeah. he's living in Beverly Hills in the huge place. Right. And he says, uh, "Who was the one of his guitar? Uh, one of his players? And I can't remember the name. Was it Danny? He he had shown him my album, and he knew, and he'd just seen when I was on the Grammy Awards, and so he, oh, that was a big moment. And and I actually talked to him a lot, and we ended up performing. He played on my Unplugged in '94. He came on and we did Thunder Road. Uh, so yeah, huge dreams, huge dream comes true. Right that's there. A, that's all coming true. So yeah. okay, so you you do uh, two more records before the huge record. Yeah, I do. I make three records, and then they all do okay. They all do just fine. Right. And the third record was kind of just a little bit less. So I got that scared kind of. Oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. And I and so why do you I, think that happened? Well, th- the third record came out in the. In 1990, and it's and everything's changing. Again. Everything's changing. Music business, grunge. All of a sudden, it's Nirvana. Right. All of a sudden, it's Soundgarden and it's Guns and Roses and this sort of rock and roll as this crazy heroin, whatever that was, that grunge thing, Seattle chaotic, thing. Chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. It but was. Still, but still, you know, it's weird though because in in defense of like, and I, I, I'm going to do it publicly, but Pearl Jam was about as straight ahead as you could be. So, like, you know, whatever Nirvana and the grunging was yeah. doing, whatever chaos and, and, and pushing the envelope was going on there, still, like, Pearl Jam 10. Was amazing. I mean, you know, that was straight yes. up. So yeah. it was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and I recognized that right. in them. Yet, this was Seattle, and they were now calling it alternative. Right. And I just missed the alternative boat, so I'm not alternative. You're even a mister though, of boats. You're a professional mister I of boats. I am. And so I'm not alternative, so I'm not played on K Rock. Right. I'm not, I'm, and I'm kind of floating out there. My third album kind of 
and I actually started working with like some, there were these new things called, you know, uh, loops or these, uh, you know, the what they do now how they how they make loops and, and create right. songs from other songs now oh right right uh, sampling and, yeah sampling yeah I don't know I couldn't think of that sampling so I, I, I tried a couple samples in and I was kind of experimenting on the third album right and and I look back and I love so much about the third album it, it was kind of experimental for me but I saw the, a ship going away and I went wait a minute wait a minute so I said okay I better get back to what I know and love and do and that's blues rooted rock and roll right right and so i picked up my guitar and put bum, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and, I, yeah. and, and i started i'm the only one i'm like right. that's that's the anchor of this album is going to be that feeling and it's just going to be rock and yeah roll. why why fuck with that it's yeah, lasted exactly. the whole time exactly and also like because you know in the tradition of like you know seeger or even petty to a certain degree i mean there there it's interesting that you say you experimented but i could hear in your voice you're like I was desperately trying yes. <laughs> to, to, to lock in with whatever the fuck was going on, on at that yes. time. Because <laughs> I wasn't going away. Right, because I needed to do this yeah, and yeah. wanted to do this, and I'm not right, done. I'm right. so not done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you did it. Boom. Nailed and it. at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm getting enough n- notoriety that right. people are now asking me personal questions. Mm-hmm. So the third album, you know, and I and I obviously had this underground lesbian following. They knew. Everybody knew. Right. It was, again, don't ask, don't tell, though. Right. And it started, it, I finally did an interview with this guy for my third album. It was during the third album run. And it was for a music magazine. And he, I, I did my talk where I would use no pronouns, uh-huh. you know, they, my partner, whatever. And he changed all my pronouns to my boyfriend. Oh my he, God! He and did. it, I I lost my mind, and I said I have to I have to come out because now everyone's going to think I'm lying, and, and right, that, that's right. last thing that's I want to do. Did you? What did you give that guy did, a piece of your mind? Uh, no, back then it was like you know, oh but it was just God. but it, it bugged that's heinous. I know it bugged me enough. Yeah, that maybe I ought to thank I, that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> right, it pushed right. me out there. It's like, yeah. look, this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that people are going to. And then why well, am you, I? You're afraid that your lesbian following was going to be yeah, that she was a sellout. That I wasn't being honest. Yes, that right. I was being a sellout, right. and it wasn't worth it at all. Right. So I decided to come out. I didn't know how. I thought I was going to do it on Arsenio Hall. Uh huh. So I knew my fourth album. You know, I'm, I'm putting that out, and I'm going to. And in the meantime, I'm doing work, uh, political work, with a lot of gay and lesbian groups that help get Bill Clinton elected. Uh-huh. And they have this uh, inauguration ball, and it's the most fun because it's all the gay people, of course. Right. I was there for that. That was crazy that weekend or whatever it was. Yeah, ninety three. First, his first January ninety three. It was wild because we had not crazy. been in the White House right. for a long time, and it just was like Hollywood, man. It was, it was crazy. crazy. Yes, because my buddy worked for Clinton at the time, and I went down there, and Chuck Berry played at one of the oh, inaugural balls. Oh yeah. And who? Oh man, I, I met Rock Chuck and Berry. Roll was back it in was the crazy. White House. Yeah. We were there, yeah. and us gays were being gays and yeah, we were yeah. allowed to be part of the party <laughs> yeah 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 and we we and so i came out at the inaugural ball there with everyone i was like I'm, on of stage course, yeah i'm gay i'm well it was it was just a big party and right. there was a microphone and uh, right right and you just uh, stepped up uh, like hey but for everyone's information <laughs> yeah. well katie lang, had, party, sa- no, katie katie lang. lang had said some things and uh, there was a couple other people there, and she was out. She had just come out a few months before uh-huh. that. What's she up to? She she does her kind of Tony Bennett thing right, right. and sing. I haven't heard her seeing her in a long time. Yeah, I know. She kinda... So she goes up. She's already gay. Yeah. And and now, kinda, now you know. the pressure's on. And you yeah. just take the mic. Boom. So I come out. 
What did you say exactly? I, oh, I said, well, it, well, they she introduced me, Melissa Etheridge, and I come out, yay, and everyone's screaming, hollering, because it's one thing that I'm just even there supporting right. them. Right. And then I'm like, oh, I just want to say I'm just so proud to be a lesbian, and yeah. went nuts. It's done. Did you Over. Feel, did you feel different? Did you? Oh, I did. I walked. I walked. I. I. I it was like. It was like a, a match lit. It's like, now you're on a journey. Here right, you go. Right. Because right. it's I all mean, out. It, boom. In the press, it was like, Clinton inauguration, blah, blah, blah. And there's a little tiny little, and Melissa Etheridge came out yeah. <laughs> as a lesbian. Still under the radar. Yeah, <laughs> I missed the big boat. Yeah, still not a hit record no. there. <laughs> but it became the thing that everybody talked about right. when I did. So all of a sudden, my publicity went from, I'm, I'm a rock and roller playing to, oh, she says she's a lesbian. And then, then everyone wanted to talk to me. All of a sudden, I'm doing the morning shows. All right. of a sudden, I'm doing. All of a sudden, and this is co- this is coinciding this is with the fourth. Come album. to my window, yeah. Come to my window, and so it's all it just whoosh, it just went crazy. And it must have been a relief in terms just even performing that you could enter a situation that transparent and just push whatever you wanted just to do. Be just there, be yourself. and I yeah. tried. It was like I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna sit and go. I'm a lesbian. I just just gonna be myself. And if they want to talk about it, they can bring it up. Great, fine. Right. But what started happening is. Every gay person everywhere, yeah, came out to me. They still do for a minute. Yeah, exactly. They still do. Everybody. Well, they. I. Well, the the idea of of, of wanting to be heard and wanting to be public and, and finding yeah. a, a way to do that because it 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 seems to me mostly employers and and family. It's so frightening for everybody still, even yeah. even in the climate that is fairly embracing. It's got to be 80, 90 percent more embracing than it is now. Than to- it oh, yes, yes. When but I see kids a- now who are openly gay, like, yeah. you know, 18, 19, right. that are just like. What a relief. Oh, oh God, to not go, go through, through those years. And, and back when the only place you could meet someone is a place where you had to drink. And, of right. course, you were drinking to get your courage up because right. you, here you are doing this bad thing. And it right. just leads to, oh, it's just, I'm Leads s- to bad people. But, yeah, when you're 18. <laughs> those are some great relationships. You're drinking at a gay bar because you can't go anywhere else. You might get into trouble. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. You might be in an, in an age-inappropriate situation with an old pervert. Oh. Yeah, I know. that's how that's how your generation I learned. Know. It's that's how we learned. Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong oh. with that hard-earned wisdom if you live through it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. all right. So that album's huge, makes you a superstar. And then uh, you do a few other records. Yeah. And then you're, you're just been kicked in the teeth. Kicked in the teeth by life. Life. That's what happened. Ooh. I know. And you know what? That's the crazy thing about being famous. Yeah. It's I believe that the whole purpose of life is yeah. to kind of get your teeth kicked in and see how much you can, how high you can go. I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, it means just yeah. think of what you're 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 banking away. I mean, some people they call it karma. It, yeah. it, I don't quite believe in the whole karma thing. Of, right. You, know, you believe in conditional karma? <laughs> no, I believe go. in. We're all doing this, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. trying to right. not have to come back and do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. the opportunity. Yeah to do it on such a high level and, and kind of go through big things. When you're famous, you have right. the opportunity to really transform some stuff for a lot of people. Or get the points. Yeah. Karma points. Yeah. yeah. Get the car- so so there you go. So, so you did the gay thing. So I did the gay thing, yes. Yeah. And yes, it was horrible to have a breakup in public. Yes, it was horrible to feel like I let down a whole community. Because here I was, here I was regarded as this, there's this perfect relationship, I'm out, mm-hmm. we have children. Mm-hmm. That about killed me when I thought, really, we're going to divorce, and I've just shown the world 
what a gay family looks like, and now we're going to... That just about... That broke my heart more than even really losing the relationship because I really needed to be out of that relationship. Right. But just that I felt like I let down so many people, and I just became tabloid was... Oh, that was that was difficult. But, but also, but in retrospect, you must it must be heartening to know that it also showed that. I mean, what are you guys supposed to? You, you like the, it, the pressure's on you. It's like <laughs> you, you can't. Even, you know, you have to be the perfect family. Like if you're right. going to be gay and out and have kids and have you a better family, be perfect or you better gonna, be perfect. Yeah. It's oh. like that's that's like middle class American conservative bullshit. And the fact is that everybody goes through breakups and yes. drama 51 percent of us yes right and thank god because i learned so much i went through it and learned so much and so so then the funny thing then then when i get cancer later yeah after i go through all this breakup and i go down and i'm eating like shit and i'm just really did you feel that from the gay community though they're like you did you actually no they were they felt sorry for me mostly the gay community was like oh because they know but what the, wait, what but how but, does anyone think of relation like the, the 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 humanization of relationships on mm-hmm. on you know doesn't matter what gender base it is yeah it is what it is yeah you know what i mean if it, it, it's probably even harder sometimes yeah because you yeah <laughs> making note Linda, she's, she's like, no Linda's Linda's been in the business so long she's been she's, the gay business well that doesn't know the, the <laughs> industry business yeah, that, yeah. that this she's so supportive knows everything she's the easiest wait right minute, but I'm, it's just but <laughs> not that easy <laughs> well she is you apparently no, I mean, are easier but than, <laughs> 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 from, from everything I've heard here <laughs> but uh <laughs> No, but it, like mm. this, this, the the pressure of that uh, of like yeah. you know having to maintain something because it has a political momentum to it without the the human yeah. component, it's yeah. got to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But so you just felt like they felt sorry for you, but oh, they yeah. must know in their hearts. It's like, well, what are they going to do? You well, can't it was at the same time. It was me and Julie broke up, and Anne and Ellen broke up like within the same two months. Oh yeah. So all the and it was right. and they're both going back to men, and it was just like the disaster. It oh, was like the, the lesbian oh, yeah, yeah. party is over, mm-hmm. right? You know, everyone who was, you know, gay until graduation. Now we've graduated right. and they're all back, you know. But it's, it's the, but it's, but <sighs> it, it, but on some level, you must have known like most shit happens. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's my fault for yeah. being attracted to those kind that are sure. like, just right, you know, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so here Ellen and I are, you, we're you, single, it, but now we're going out on the town and right. we're Sinatra and, you know. Oh, good, and, good. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We're, we're like, hey, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're free. We're single. Loving it, loving it. Any other straight ladies want to try something out? No, we're, we were done with that. Okay. We went to, you know, so I was single and, mm. you know, and the world was changing. This is 1999. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And how long before, like, when did you first get diagnosed with the cancer? That was 2004. Oh, so you were out there now. and you were in you were yeah. in your second relationship. Yeah, I'd already, yeah. And it was, you know, and she was gay through and through. I just, I saw her papers, everything. It's like, yes, you are definitely gay. <laughs> the resume? Yes. When did it start? start? Yes, exactly. Who have you been with? Oh, you've been with her? All right, okay. you're gay. You're you got to be gay, gay to yeah. be with her. Yeah, know, exactly. <laughs> wow. I don't even know if I'm that gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I'm getting warm. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and, and I start, um, I, I kind of get disillusioned with my, music music changing like, you did like three or four albums in this yeah time. i did and really yeah i did breakdown and skin and lucky those were the three i was doing and and i'm kind of like okay where am i music where's where anyone still musically? selling okay yeah you know well less and less each album i'd right. say was less and less 
and um and they're sad albums because I'm in a sad place. Yeah, you are very pretty honest with the what you're going through. On yeah, the yeah. And I'm like, you know, here I am. I'm I'm in my late thirties. You know, and I kind of what is what is music? What do I want to do? do? Am I just going to play now? What 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 what? Well, do you, well, you sort of. I imagine the biggest trap to try to avoid is that once you know the record company and you mm. get the you know it's like you got a thing. Yeah, you just make that record again. Right. Do right. it over and over and over again. Right. And 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 all of a sudden it's not quite all of a sudden music's changing mm-hmm. and and so I I uh I do my album Lucky and I turn it into my record company who's L- Leor Cohen's head of my record company at that time. He's the head of Island. And, uh, he's the big guy. He's head of Warner Brothers. He's like head of everything. Now. Right. And um so he's all uh, uh hit music oriented. Right. right. So he after I turn my record in, he says, "We have this song from this other band mm-hmm. and I've never recorded anybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always been my stuff. Mm-hmm. And it nearly broke my heart because it was basically, look, if you don't, it, it, unspoken, if you don't do this song, which they think can be a hit song, they're really not gonna work your record. Right. You, so, and I listened to the song and it's like, and it's on my, it's on Lucky, it's called Breathe. And what it's song a, was it? it? Breathe. It was uh, this band called Green Wheel mm-hmm. that they, Green Wheel didn't want it because it's such a hit song. They didn't want to release it. They got all, you know, we're independent. Right. So they basically kicked them out, took the song. Where are they now? Exactly. That band? Exactly. Gave the song to me. Yeah. Gave the song to me. It said, we want you to, to do it. I do it. It gets some radio play. It breaks my heart because it's it's not me. It's like I sold out. I felt right. I sold out. Right. I, I, basically look, looked up to the heavens and went, okay, what do you want me to do? And the next morning I found a lump on my <laughs> present. I went, wait a minute. Yeah, there's your next that's, few years. That's not what I mean. <laughs> oh, no. And yet it was the best thing that ever happened to me because mm. I stopped. I canceled my tour. I, I stopped my life. My whole life went over me. And I uh, unfortunately went on chemotherapy, which was horrible. But it was a dose dense because I could stay home, so it was like this nasty, nasty, horrible. Why do you stuff. Why do you say that? Unfortunately, like you, in well, retrospect, you would have done. Something no, different. yeah, I, I, I'm that radical sort of health person that I, I believe that chemotherapy is really a bad idea. That the science behind it is we're going to kill every living cell. In, okay, but it saved your life. No, right? no, no, no. Me changing my health habits saved my life because there's plenty of people who do chemotherapy and die mm-hmm. plenty from chemotherapy a lot of times yes mm-hmm. yes now and i mean i'm it's it's a it's a radical point of view and a right. lot of people don't want to hear it and they they think it's like i i you're you're blaming the person with cancer i i say people have a responsibility for their health mm-hmm. if they're going to eat sugar which is pure acid in in your stomach if you're going to if you're going to treat your body badly it's going to break down eventually mm-hmm. I mean, there's that it, the degenerative diseases are that they're right. heart disease, cancer. These are things because we're we're killing ourselves with stress and and food. Mm-hmm. I made that change. Mm-hmm. I'm living. Chemotherapy was is is a is an acid they throw in you. Hopefully, crossing their fingers that if there's any cancer left in you, it will kill you. They don't know that it 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 does that. So I think in 10, 20 years, they're going to look back and go, "Oops, sorry about the chemotherapy." I, I'm a radical on that. But you did. You had a. Uh, you had everything removed, though. 
Right. Yeah, I had the cancer taken out. The, right. uh, the surgery is great. We are we are great. The right. medical industry is great at getting cancer out. Right. Awesome. Right. It's the choices later so that maybe if it doesn't come back and it all turns into numbers, they break they've broken it down to like a science of numbers. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I walked away from that. But so you changed your life, mm-hmm. but spiritually, spiritually, absolutely big part of it. Like what? What did you do? What was the first application <laughs> of spirituality? If uh, the chemo, you said no chemo. I'm going to change. Well, I stopped my chemo. I took five right. chemo and then I stopped it because I I said this the the and I called. And I said what what percentage will this give me if I continue killing myself this way. and and i was in danger of having neuropathy which is where you lose uh feeling in your hands i'm like this is my life i can't lose feeling yeah, yeah. in my hand forget it right and at the same time i was alone like it, it hurt to hear things when i was like on chemo or see things so i would be alone in a darkened room for days and days and days and days and days and days, and days. just my thoughts and basically it was like the biggest meditation ever i yeah. my thoughts stopped I went through my life two or three times, and it just the tape rolled off the the reel, and then I realized, wait a minute, what's this? This is spirit. Yeah, there's this is this is the higher part of me. Right. That that noise of my life right. gets in between. Right. And I was able to access it. I imagine that's what when the yogis climb up on top of the mountain, uh-huh. and you go away. When people used to remove themselves, that's what they would eventually find. It, that's possible in our human self. That our this uh, paradigm that we're in, the the busy work. Right. The left brain world sure. that we're in doesn't let us see that the, spiritual side. The avoidance. Absolutely. Yeah. And you saw the spirit side. Yeah. And it you, was very and, clear to me. And and you stay in touch with that. Yes. It's further away now, of course, because I my, my busy left brain life has taken over and I'm back into the world, yeah. you know, doing all Desire, this. Desire, guitar, All those money. things, money, cars. Yeah kids you know all that stuff that that you question but mm-hmm. that are the things that no sugar though no low sugar okay. you know what I, i've taken a seven because i also realize that the absence of all this is not the answer either no. that we are made to run with that contrast and i i do what is called a 70 30 mm-hmm. everything uh, i look at my plate and if it's 70 percent you know uh, whole foods whole grains mm-hmm. vegetable you know, the fruits blah 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 Okay, then I can have 30% of whatever it is. Ice cream. Well, ice cream's a big... I, I actually don't... I, I, I packed right. away from ice cream. Mm-hmm. But my my sugar is is a, is probably a much healthier sugar. I'm just in, in, in yeah. better shape than I've ever had. You just and deal I, with whole sugars, made fruit sugars, you know, yeah. no processed sugars. Yeah, but, no you know, processed, yeah. you don't deny yourself everything. There you go. Right. Exactly. Balance. Balance. Right. And so what was the record that came out of the cancer? Oh, well, that was, see, that was when I was uh, the, the awakening. Right. And that was a very spiritual, I went, I, I actually called my record company. I said, don't even talk to me. I'm going to turn you, right. uh, I'm going to give right. you a record. If you want to sell it, fine. If you don't, that's fine too. It really doesn't matter anymore because right. my music is about me. And I made the awakening, which is a part of, I, I wanted to explain through my music how I sort of came into this spiritual How part. was that received? Uh, it was received, it was the first critically well-received album that i'd ever made oh. it was yeah see what you have to go through i know <laughs> it was it was like on the top 20 rolling yeah. stone it was the first it, it, of course it didn't it barely sold anything because right. it's it wasn't really where where people understood me at and then the next one was fearless love i was i was like okay i'm gonna take the spirituality and i'm gonna put it kind of back into to your pants into my <laughs> body yeah <laughs> and then so i'm like okay i'm getting my my muscle back people know me now i've been on the grammys yeah. bald and that that, that was, was that was insane that was a, like one of those kind of like holy shit moments i'm realizing I, it, for me yeah. it was just a 
personal little personal experience of okay, I'm I'm, I'm not going to let this cancer get me down. I'm going to you know get back up and ride that horse again, and it went out into the world like a shot. But that song, come on. I know. The opportunity, that's what happened, is I got the call and went, well, I don't want anyone else to sing that song. Oh, I man. need to sing. I have the opportunity to sing that song that I've sung since uh, uh, yeah. 1968 yeah. when she did it. Yeah. Uh, I have the opportunity to sing that song Peace in front of, my of the heart. world. Yeah, uh, Peace of My Heart. That song is just, it's nothing the quintessential it. rock and roll lady song. Yeah, it's the best. I don't know where she came from. Oh, man. You know, when you really look back at those people and you realize how short they burned yeah. and, and where where some of them were coming from, it's like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, well, that's why. When I looked at that, when I looked at all the ones I loved and they all died, I yeah. went, wait a minute. I, I'm, I have to make another choice here because I don't want to die. <laughs> I want to be famous and I want to do a good job here, but I don't want to die. Well, that's the amazing thing. I mean, I have to assume that, that and, and maybe it's uh, wrong of me, but yeah, I mean, you, you made, you've made a good living yes and oh, you've been okay since probably that yes i am record right yes and and so it was really creative choices that you were up against and, and yes. fighting for your life obviously and you know <laughs> trying, sort of thing. trying to reel in the uh, libido occasionally <laughs> it's after a while control it, it. <laughs> yes after you know two alimonies i'm i'm fine now with you know is all that shit settled down? All that shit has settled down. And, you know, and it's because of the kids. You really don't want the kids to ever deal with that get involved mess. with that drama. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, you two are good. How long yes. have you two been together? We've been together four years. We just got married in May. Was that amazing? Or It was amazing, too, legally. It meant so much. It did. It does mean so much to get married. To actually, we went to the courthouse uh -huh. in Santa Barbara, which is a beautiful courthouse. Uh -huh. And, you know, we walk in. The guy's like, we said, we want a marriage license. He's like, okay. He pulls out the little, you know, and and the. He didn't say something like you, a lot of you types are coming around. <laughs> <it." Yeah. laughs> I could tell they were like, yeah, yeah all right, here we go. Out. Here comes some yeah, more. Here's some more. Yeah, <laughs> come on. We have singularly raised the, you know, yeah. the the state treasury because we all got married. But um, <laughs> probably not. It probably was factored into their choice. I think so. <laughs> but you've been very you know vocal uh, you know yeah. with in gay rights for like what twenty years now, one way or the other. Yeah, I. It's when I came out, I realized that I, I got asked the questions and I had an opportunity yeah. to to say, this is what I feel, you know, yeah. we, and, and this is our position and, right. and this is this is human rights. Sure. And I know yeah, it's absolutely. weird. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just it's crazy what people get hung up on, isn't it? Yes. I, just, I don't always I hardly ever understand it. Well, do you want to um, do you want to try and sing? <laughs> sure. What song do you want to do? Wait, can I do a, a new one? Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Do whatever do you want. Do that one where I walk into the bar and do Take My Number. Yeah. This is Take My Number. It's the second song on the This Is Me album. Go something like this. Everybody hits the ground 
You know you're running scared when those changes come around And you don't know what might be waiting for you tonight You really shouldn't drive, you've had too much to drink And you shouldn't be alone, for all you're gonna do is think So take my number, or I can take you home Coffee, we can sit all night and talk But there's a diner always open Just around the block So take my number Or I can take you home All those dreams That were gonna set us free What did we ever know at 23 About what we really want always gonna burn no way to put it out all we ever do is learn and you don't know what might be waiting for you tonight oh you really shouldn't drive you had too much to drink and you shouldn't be alone where all you're gonna do is think you should take my number or i can take you home The diner always open Just around the block So take my number Or I can take you home Take you home Take you home Take you home Honey, I can take you If I sit down next to you yeah, I remember you from school You seem to have a, a real good heart You really shouldn't drive You had too much to drink You should not be alone For all you're gonna do is think So take my number Or I can take you home we can find a cup of coffee, we can sit all night and talk But there's a diner always open, just around the block Take my number, or I can take you home uh -huh. Take my number, honey, I can take you home Oh, yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for talking to me, Melissa. Oh, it's my pleasure, hon. How was that? Was that... Did you cry? I cry. I cried twice. Melissa Etheridge, what an amazing uh, experience that was. I really just loved it. Love her. That's our show. Um, thank you for hanging out again. Have a good holiday. Be safe. I hope you get what you want. I hope you get. I hope you enjoy giving. If that, if you're giving, I hope you uh, you you like that just for what it is, and not for how it will be received. Because you don't. That's a sad thing when you give and you don't get what you you're expecting for something back. 
have one, one thing or another back and doesn't come, and then you're like, ugh, giving's horrible. Tricky business. Gifts. But I hope it all works out. Go to WTFPod.com. Get that free app. Get that premium app. We're putting a, we're putting a special, a whole episode for vinyl lovers. Uh, a whole premium episode if you upgrade to premium. I'm going to be doing more of that. I've said that before, but I think I'm going to be doing more of that. I don't think I'm going to play guitar today. I know. Some of you are really bummed out. I know. I can hear the disappointment. We just had a song, though. Okay. Okay. It's okay. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even want to go to holiday parties. I don't even want to go. Boomer lives! <laughs>